are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I'm you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? I have told you. Are you deaf? No, you is blind. I'm not blind, you blind. That is what I just said. You just said what? I did not say what. I said you. That's what I'm asking you. And you is answering. Shut up. You. Yes? Not you, him. What's your name? Me. Yes, you. I am me. He's me. And I'm you. And I'm about to whoop your old ass, man, because I'm sick of playing games. You, me, everybody's ass around here. Him? Kaja, kaja. I'm going to kick his ass. I'm ticking it. One, two. One, two. You taping it? A good combination. Yo, you want some of this or what? A good combination. Combo cards. 360 dunk in the face. I kick a skill like Shaquille holds a pill. You can't compete. You're just a basket case. This is this 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 is basketball stats. All you got. Combination. Combo cards. Alright, what's going on ladies and gentlemen, Troy Mason here with the Combo Guards, back for another episode. As always, joining my co-host Adrian Chetty, how you doing man? What's going on, what's going on? Good to have you back, it's yeah. two weeks off. Yeah, it's been a minute, you know what I mean? Need some, need some vacate yeah, time, some breathing time. during the off-season. Low man, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, this week we have a special guest. We're joined by William Liu, Yahoo Sports uh, Canada lead reporter for the Toronto Raptors, also a host of the Raptors Over Everything podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Look at you guys, though. With this view, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, like, say, it's inspiring. The you know? lake looks good from here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. But there's a concert going on, game going on. I, I can't watch a Jays game because I hear the home runs before. I got Rogers game night, so it's all streaming, right? So I'm always <laughs> delayed. So I can't watch any like Blue Jays games at this con. You trying to watch Blue Jays this year anyway? I'm a Yankee fan, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I still try to watch. I mean, I work for Sportsnet, so I got to watch. Oh, word, word. Oh, that, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I got to. I got to. <laughs> yeah, this guy can see the parade from his balcony, pretty much. Well, yeah, the Rogers parade. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy around here. I've never seen this area so busy. Besides the Batista home run, yeah, and 2015, the Raptors parade was un- was ridiculous. I never seen anything. Did like you that. watch it from the window? Uh, a little bit, but then I went down. Like for when they won Game Six, that was a Thursday night, I think it was. I was mm. out for a bit that I could watch and hear everything from up here. For the parade, I actually went out to um, Nathan Phillips, which was a mistake. Yeah, big mistake. <laughs> I went to. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty. We're right next to the shooting. It was yeah, that yeah. sucks. That was. Yeah. The- what was that like? Like in the moment, like. Because I, um, I, I, luckily, I did not go like there. the shooting? Yeah. The shooting part? Yeah, no, exactly. That's um, what I want to ask you. Like, it, how, were it, you guys very shook? Um, it wasn't fun. It was it was a weird feeling. It was kind of like an outer body experience. Like, I didn't hear a gunshot. I heard, like, a stampede. So I felt like yeah. Mufasa for a minute. Yeah. It was um, hard because a lot of people were shooting firecrackers. Yeah, so true. At daytime, which was weird. But when there, there was two... There was two times where you had like crowds running towards you. The first time it was a smaller crowd. And I looked on the stage because the prime minister is there, and he, they didn't move. So I'm like, yeah. this can't be a terrorist attack because then they would have threw him on the ground and covered right. them. So they were kind of just chills. I'm like, all right, this must be an isolated situation. But then the second one that happened, that was like a scene from Lion King when the hyenas yeah, were just yeah, charging yeah. after Simba. Damn, it was and crazy. It was crazy because I could see dude weaving through. Because there's people. There's just kind of like after the whole craziness was done like everyone was at a standstill and you can kind of see one guy just zigzagging through the crowd so it's like obviously that's the guy who did yeah, something yeah. so i don't know it was pretty terrifying um after that i left because i was like i'm too old for this shit yeah uh, well i got locked in the sharon hotel oh, yeah, right. uh restaurant oh, they kept shit. us all in there yeah so we're just waiting around and you got the paramedics coming in to deal with like people that couldn't breathe you got kids yeah. crying it was just it was just a mess. It was, it was a horrible situation. Yeah, but it didn't spoil the you know Canadian heritage moment that was that parade. That was an amazing parade. Otherwise, uh, well, yeah, ask Kawhi. He'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that thing was five hours, man. Like the planning of it was just like not great. Like they didn't For show sure. up any barriers yeah. or anything, so like yeah. it was like impossible. And like people were just walking up to the bus, like Cause all I think, the time. I think I listened to your pod after that. I think you fell asleep, right? And then woke up. It was still going on. No, 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 no. That was, was that, that was that a different. Was that, was that, Kawhi, that was on Kawhi's sign. I, I okay. fell asleep before, like, because yeah, it woke up like that. 2 a.m. And I was like, yeah. I'm too old for this. I'm just going to go to sleep at midnight. <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, for the parade itself, I actually, like, 
basically I was there like at the start where like OVO Athletic Center mm-hmm. and I just like walked with the bus and I was only going to do it for like I don't know like yes. 30 minutes or so I remember you saying this now yeah because yeah. we had like a whole team of people were like we're going to basically cover like each leg or whatever right and I just ended up walking with them until like basically King and University okay and at that point it was like a sea of people and yeah. I was like I can't walk through this so I'm going to go to the office and watch the rest yeah so luckily I was not there for the shooting but uh, well you yeah. know as crazy as it was I hope we experience it again multiple times over because yeah. <laughs> that was a feeling that just having a championship knowing that there's a parade to all that stuff like I'm here for all of it I want it all so hopefully we get back there did you go to the parade this weekend? Carabana? yeah I've been to Carabana in like good f- eight years yeah real Jamaican Real Jamaican, don't go to Cuba. <laughs> wow. Jamaican's for the, Jamaican's for the, the Bayesian dam community to pelt waistline, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was another, that, that parade went too long. I was there, they added four four kilometers added onto the, to the route, and it was just, it was too tiring, it was too long, it was too right. high. Luckily, I was on one of the trucks, but yeah. that was just a mess. Do you take any festivities this weekend, on the long weekend, OVO Fest, any of that stuff? Nah, man. I, like I said, I, I'm washed. I, I was actually just on vacation anyway, so. Okay, nice. Yeah. It's checking out Portland and stuff. It's Fair a good place, enough. actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. LAOB was here this weekend. Yeah, by the Dude. 16th man, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the, he's legit like the 16th <laughs> man of the year. How do y'all feel about that? Like, how do you feel about Drake bringing the trophy out everywhere he goes, jumping up and down, celebrating? It's good, man. He's like a, he's like our mascot. You know what I mean? I don't mean that in like a, like a negative way. I right, mean, right, It's right. just like, it's good to represent. Like, how many people that prominent are actually repping Raptors? You know right, what I mean? It's, it's, like, it's a big deal. That's like true. imagine like what Spike Lee would be doing if like the Knicks ever won like you know yeah. even a division a playoff he'd probably, game? Make a, he'd probably make a <laughs> like movie a playoff he'd make a movie instantly <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. Instantly. they, they like, did a do the right thing James Dolan sell the team or something like yeah, that yeah. but like no but seriously like it, it's it's good I think like I mean like he's like legitimately like he's on good terms with a lot of the players like right. he hooks people up like you even see like who's like Dewan Hernandez he gets picked 59th or whatever yeah, yeah. but he joins the Raptors and he gets like an OVO care package you know what I mean that's nice yeah right. most, most good, organizations like they don't have that kind of stuff you know what I mean that's like true. you think you sign with the Charlotte Hornets like you think you're getting anything like, <laughs> right probably not yeah you know I don't I personally sometimes I mind it because I'm just like I wasn't a fan of the whole team hopping thing like he seems to have a jersey for every team he supports or whatever see I was thinking about that but if you look at Snoop Dogg he rocks every team jersey as well and no one gives him shit yeah that's true right like he rocks that Pittsburgh Pirate jersey yeah I think in the Welcome to Atlanta video the remix he was rocking that yeah right so I mean everyone does it is what it is right Um, so you have you know extensive history covering the Raptors right being the lead reporter um, tell us about just like your fondest memory from the past season outside of just the championship and winning and like just something you can recall back that was like damn that was a really special season for you I mean I, I thought it was a really fun season all things considered mm-hmm. um, this is a this is so random but I was I happened to be there for when you remember when Pascal had the game winner against Phoenix yes mm-hmm. it was a shitty game yeah mm-hmm. terrible game right? yeah. you know what I mean like Kawhi didn't play Forget who else didn't play. Like offense was terrible, and like when Phoenix jumped into town, like you're not taking them seriously and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was like an ugly game. I was there not even to cover Raptors. I was just there to like talk to Jamal Crawford, who was retiring, and I wanted to do like a little Jamal Crawford story. Yeah. So I happened to just be there for the game, and like I couldn't believe after the timeout, like they gave the ball to Pascal, and then like you know there wasn't even a play. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. just out the top of the floor dribbling. <laughs> yeah, clear out, and then he just like went to the rim basically drove by everybody in phoenix and like hit had the layup and he, he scored and i felt like in that moment i was like this is this is incredible like i know like we have this chance to win a title and there's a lot of special players here you got kyle you got Kawhi, you got mark like this is a very loaded you got surge like this is a very loaded team right but like you just we have a special player like just growing before eyes with pascal and it was just such a great situation i'm just thinking like man as raptors fans we got a mate yeah, you know what I mean? We're just resting our For best sure. players. Teams come into town. We just give this random game-winning shot to this random guy who, you know, like, let's be real. Pascal was a random guy yeah. before this year. Right. Now now he's like a main man. But, like, in that moment, I was like, this is this team has multitudes. This team has uh, depth. And, like, we're just blessed to be watching the Raptors and covering the Raptors at this point. That seemed like that moment where you can look at Pascal as actually being a legit building block. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Throughout the season, he had some really good games. But to get the ball... Like regardless of who it's against, like you know what I mean. Times ticking down for right. quarter to get the ball in that situation says a lot, I think. Averaging 19 points and a championship run, I yeah. guess to me solidified it. Like this is the guy you build around. That's not easy. I don't think Kyle's ever averaged 19 points in any series. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe against the Cavs in 2016. I feel like against he had Miami. A... Was he? 
Maybe. I don't know, man. It's hard because he's always he always has like one dud. Yeah. So it, it'll bring down the scoring average in that sense, but he right. obviously he does all the other things. Well. But yeah, you're right. Like he hasn't had that big of a scoring output in these series. And I was feel it? like like if you look at Pascal's playoff run, like, do you feel like Demar's ever been as good as Pascal was no. this playoff run? No. And no, Demar's been there many years, and yeah, he's right. been like he's an All NBA player, all multiple time All Star. You know what I mean? And so for Pascal to do that, like obviously it's a little different when you're number two options mm. and number one, but right. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure, Demar has blocked us on Instagram, so he's not. <laughs> wow. Really what you guys? What you guys do to do that? Uh, he's not really fond of us. There's a couple guys we've had on that it's just not, don't yeah. speak favorably about Demar, and it's just because you know, obviously, like the playoff, the playoff yeah. shortcomings and things like that. But I mean, I'm of the opinion that you know, Demar is kind of the part of the reason why we got here. Oh yeah, definitely. Because yeah. we have the infrastructure to get a guy like Kawhi Leonard in the first place, and mm-hmm. not. Forgetting the fact that we gave up Demar to get him, but in the sense of just having that long-term success, right? His blood, sweat, and tears are all over We the North, right? So he has to get that <laughs> yeah, credit for sure. Uh, with Masai Ujiri, was there ever a moment where you kind of second-guessed any of his decisions, like why are you drafting this guy, why'd you sign this guy, or were you always like, and Masai, I trust, I believe this guy and everything he does? Nah, I always trust Masai and everything he does, but like sometimes you do question it, right? I think honestly, you know, having already brought up Pascal, like. I remember when the Raptors were picking 27th that year. I think it was like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, first round. Like a couple of guys had dropped. Like, you know, you see those like, um, you know, mock drafts or whatever. So you like almost have this idea of like which player should be where. Right. But that's obviously just like one dude's opinion. But people just sort of take it as gospel. And so like there was a couple guys that dropped. I feel like it was like Deontay Davis. Scalabissier was like a big one. I remember Deontay because he's almost in tears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was in the green room, yeah, and yeah. he was one of those guys, and it's like, oh, well, no one wants you, actually. But that's one guy that happened to this year, right? Um, You're right. A bull bull. Yeah, I have a bull bull this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so it was that, that that situation was happening. So I was thinking, like, okay, when the Raptors get him, it's like, perfect. If we get Scal at 27 or we get Deontay Davis, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled. And then, like, Masai goes up, you know, or whatever. Adam Silver goes up, and it's like, it's Pascal Siakam. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh. oh, it's a classic Masai pick. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he's got to represent, you know, for yeah, Africa. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't really know about this guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he played in a conference that, like, honestly, people didn't really know that much about, like, I think it's like the whack. It was right, reminiscent yeah. of yeah. Bruno in a way. A little bit, right? Yeah. You're like, oh my god, Masai's like reaching for a guy again. Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, it turned out great. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, like, pretty much from the first movie made, which is like trading Barnani for like a first round pick, that mm-hmm. eventually we flipped into Kawhi. Like, you know, I think I don't think Masai has made that many missteps. Really, if you look at it, it's just like Damari Carroll. That's the one that stands up yeah. the most to me. Like, I was so pissed for that, but that's. You know, here and there. Now. That was that year where yeah. all those GMs made those crazy mm. decisions based on the cap spike and all that stuff. Yes, so you just that was that year. Yeah, you looked at Damari as like everyone was telling him right. was the LeBron stopper. Mm. But that's like, the one that uh, definitely stands out to me. Yeah, uh, dealing with the Raptors, obviously going to practices, you're at games, you're, you're interacting with them in and out. Who gives you the? Who's the most easiest to talk to, and then who's the one that's been kind of a bit more, you know, difficult? Like, gives you like the the quick one word answers, or just kind of like brushes it off. I mean, I don't think anyone's necessarily difficult. Like, it's not really, like, I'm not trying to, like, skirt anything. It's just, like, the team's, like, pretty easy to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for the most part, like, if you come with, like, interesting questions. Like, if you ask players, like, dumbass questions, they're going to give you simple responses. Because, like, quite honestly, you don't really deserve it. But, like, most (laughs) of the guys are pretty easy to deal with. Obviously, like, there will be times where Kyle's a little bit moody and he doesn't want to talk. But he's actually, like, one of the most interesting guys to talk to because he's got, like, that sharp wit about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think talking to Kyle is interesting. Um, Mark is actually, in terms of who's the most accommodating, Mark Gasol is amazing. Man. The guy yeah. will just make time all the time. Judging the playoffs and stuff, like, people were just always, like, every, all the reporters knew, like, if you needed something, just go to Mark, right. talk to him, grab him for a one-on-one, whatever. And it was, like, times where I'm like, I don't even have anything to say to Mark, but he's right there, and I got a camera guy with me, so I might as well just try to, like, <laughs> say something right. happen. Yeah. And, like, the guy spoke all the time. He's the classiest guy in the world. He's just such a nice dude, so I'll probably go with Mark. He's the one guy I wish spoke at the fucking parade. <laughs> I don't know if he could. <laughs> I mean, he was hammered, man. I would just want to hear whatever came out of his mouth. I felt like it was going to be gold. <laughs> he's going to puke on the mic. That's Exactly. Yeah, it was one of those ones he had the spins or something. You know what I mean? That <laughs> he had a mic. I was just dripping with sweat. Yeah. Because his whole, whole body was just... Sweating out the wine that he was drinking out. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was gonna fall off the parade bus. <laughs> For real? Yeah, because I was there. Yeah, that sway. Around, he had that drunk sway. Yeah, basically around like the King and University, like the 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 buses have finally turned. There. It's been like four hours at that point, mm, okay. right? And they've been drinking nonstop. And I and I I look over and Mark is like 
egging the crowd on for some reason, and then he like pulls out a bottle of wine and he chugs the whole thing. Yeah, that's such and a, he starts such like a European thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> and then he starts like slamming the side of the bus with his hand, and like he's so big that you like even in a huge crowd you can kind of hear it. Right, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. thousands of people around. You can hear one guy slamming the bus because he's like 300 pounds. Wow. <laughs> And like Eric Moreland's like basically just like holding on to his leg, making sure he doesn't fall over and stuff. But. How was Powell? I can't remember. How was Powell when he won with the Lakers? Dude, I could see him act crazy like that. I guess because Mark also waited so long, so he probably about, had all this built up. The weird thing about LA is LA seems just so laid back. I don't know if Powell got like that. I can't recall, obviously. I can't remember, but it just seems like this parade was just a, in terms of praise, was just a different level. Like yeah. Of creation, yeah, of fun, of everything, right? Yeah. So who knows? Um, you mentioned Kyle Lowry. Now, he recently uh, did an interview with SI, Chris Mannix, um, essentially just saying he wants to stay in Toronto, which to me was a bit of a surprise considering his free agency year uh, back a few years ago. It seemed a little iffy if he wasn't going to get big money. He had mentioned some comments about the Spurs. If they had came calling, he would have been interested in that. But um, he essentially says he wants to be here long term. What do we think of that, about that? I think it's genuine. I think it's from the heart. I don't even think he's necessarily trying to like angle for some sort of extension. Right. Obviously, he mentioned he wants one, but I don't think he, the purpose of doing the interview was to get one. For sure. Um, I think from Kyle's perspective, like he's wanted to, he's he's like an ultimate competitor. He's always wanted to win. And I think in 2017, after the Raptors got like like just smacked by Cleveland, yeah, right. Um, it was clear that team was not going anywhere, mm-hmm. and you could not have foreseen that they would have eventually gone Kawhi Leonard right. right and at the time Kawhi looked like he was going to be the next Tim Duncan you mm-hmm. know just carry the Spurs legacy so like I think Kyle that situation looked at it and it was like I don't know if Toronto's necessarily the best place right um but like after winning after all that he's done here I mean his family's here they mm-hmm. lived here he's talked extensively about how much he loves Toronto uh his kids are in school here and stuff like that like at that point in your life when you when you've accomplished almost everything you want to do at, at work right like yeah you want to just you know you want to make your family happy and his family's really happy here mm-hmm. so that's i think that's just genuine from him in terms of like actually extending his contract that's like a little bit interesting considering like i'm not sure how much of a hometown discount he'll get right. that's what i was thinking cause yeah that's a lot of money how old is he gonna be he's 33 right now he'll be 34 next year yeah yeah, yeah. so and i you, you know the raptors probably want to keep a lot of that cap room open mm-hmm. right for, for something um well, for but i mean 20 right i'll assume yeah, 2020. I mean, I don't know. The, the free agents that year aren't actually that great. So maybe they can give Kyle like a big contract one year and then sort of like sort of basically take a long-term deal, right. split it up. You, you front load it with like a big one-year contract and then you give them a little bit less in the last two. Maybe maybe that's something you can work out. But like, I don't know. I think most players, it's very hard to get them to take discounts, man. Yeah. It's very hard. How long do you see him as like a starter? As a, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe two more years, two more. Yeah, yeah I would say two. Depends, right? Like I, I, my ideally in a perfect, I'd like to see him kind of in an OKC situation that Chris Paul is in now, where you have a budding star in SGA, kind of mm-hmm. he can help you know tutelage him and and get him up to speed. So if the Raptors can get another sort of future point guard and Lowry's there to help mentor, eventually just you know I could see him retiring with the Raptors. So you have no faith in Fred Bradley. It's not that faith. I, I like Fred. I like Fred as a complimentary piece yeah, more than a starter, um, just because I think he he just has a good sense of poise and IQ for a second unit. You know, once you start yeah. giving him that extra leash as a starter, I think things get a little tricky that way. Right. Yeah, because um, Fred's not really like a point guard kind yeah, of point right. guard. Right? He's almost like a sh- shooting guard yeah. that can handle the ball a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. But he's a little small to be shooting guard. So. Yeah. Well, this season without Kawhi, they're going to focus a lot on Premier Fleet, OG, Pascal, see what we can do with them. What do you think are the medium and like long-term goals for the Raptors going forward? I think long-term, they want to see what all these guys they have, um, what they fully have in terms of just like if any of these guys are going to make a leap, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Pascal's already made a leap, but I think they're still interested to see if you can make one more leap. OG, obviously, I think they kind of just consider what happened with OG last year sort of. They just threw it out. Yeah. And they're just like, we're going to start fresh. We're mm-hmm. just going to, like, you know, get him up to speed health-wise, mentally. You know, mm-hmm. he's had a tough year. He, he, you know, he lost his dad. And then he obviously missed the playoffs. So, like, you know, they want to see what's there with, with uh, OG. And then, you know, you give Fred a little bit more run. You see if he maybe can be a starting caliber point guard, if he can improve a couple areas of his game. Yeah. And even a guy like Norm, and I don't know, this doesn't sound that sexy, but, like, 
if you're looking at it, like, you should try to evaluate some of these guys. Because, like, you know, for the most part, the Raptors have been really good at player development. The one yeah. thing is, like, players consistently come to Toronto, you're like, I don't really know about him. And then, like, they turn out to be pretty good. Like, yeah. even if you look like, like a Patrick Patterson, who, like, when the trade happened when, with Rudy Gay, you're thinking, like, Patrick Patterson, like, whatever. He's just in there to, like, match salary or whatever. Yeah. And then he turns into, like, a pretty good player for, like, two, three years. Yeah. And he's not, like, a special player by any means. But, you know, like, Toronto's just consistently found roles for guys um, and, you know, turned them into sort of, you know, better assets, better contributors. So yeah. I think they probably want to look at those guys. And maybe some of the new guys they brought in, like Stanley Johnson, I think is kind of interesting. But yeah. I don't know. You kind of just look and see. I mean, it's not that sexy. I'm not going to yeah. lie, but... That's sort of where it's at. Well, it's kind of like the position that they're in right now, right? After transitioning kind of away from Kawhi. Yeah. I'm really excited about OG because as much as it was like this season from hell from him, if you kind of review some game tape, mm. like he had a lot of good moments for a guy who really didn't play consistently. Yeah. And so I think he has tools that are there. It's again, just that consistency, getting those minutes and staying on the court. Like, if, and ultimately he can prove to be that lottery pick. I think everyone imagines him to be. Well, he, he was looked at as like, not the next Kawhi, but a guy that can like mimic in that the mold a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. right now Kawhi's got to be. Yeah, but people gotta stop doing that, man. <laughs> I know. People, people can't Kawhi be used is that. a different guy. Yeah, you oh, can't yeah. use Kawhi's <laughs> name for that anymore, man. You got to be like the next Chris Middleton or something. It's like kind of funny how the Raptors got like Ka- like Kawhi-ish guys, like in Rondé yeah. and Stanley. Oh, like, the signings. Just in terms of defensively, I think that's what people kind of point to is they're, they're kind of very similar in certain ways. Yeah, I think they're going to be a good team defensively. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, top yeah. 10, top 7 team defensively. Yeah, especially if they keep Mark and Serge around. Right. Because like, like that's the most important defensive position is center, right? So like, you right. know, if you can get just 48 minutes of great defense right. from center and then you have like interchangeable wings who are young and who are willing to defend yeah. and then you got a coach that actually like, you know, in Nick who I think he has like an offensive like a reputation because he ran the offense for Toronto before as an assistant but like he's a pretty good defensive coach as well so like you put all that together that should be a pretty good defensive team plus they play in the east and the east is like hot garbage right right. (laughs) especially this year yo it's trash yeah it's it's only two teams really pretty much that are contending for that championship um so they open up well I don't think the schedule has officially been released yet but there's the rumor is they open up against the Pelicans we get sort of the first look at Zion which is kind of cool Mm. And then we get the Christmas game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Finally. All we have to do is win a championship. You know? No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, big, no big deal. Are we excited for that? Are we going to be lining up for tickets for that? Are they going to cost $30,000 for Christmas tickets? For Zion like, or Christmas? Probably up both. <laughs> Zion, I feel like I feel like the NBA did that yeah. to put attention on the Raptors when the banner goes up. Okay. I feel like they know that a lot of people aren't going to watch it because... You know, there's no sexy player on the team. Mm-hmm. No one really cares about the Raptors. So you put you add Zion in the mix. Now all of a sudden you get that American media attention because everyone's going to see yo, how Zion is he the real deal. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I took that that, that scheduling. Mm. Yeah, probably probably. Yeah, like obviously it's it's pretty clear. Like very early on, like the league has identified Zion as like not the next superstar, but like a next superstar that they want to feature. Right. So like you see him like. The Pelicans are randomly playing Christmas. Yeah, when the when the <laughs> one, one nah, of the Pelicans play Christmas, played, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'll take that over the Knicks, and I'm a Knicks fan, and I'll take that over the Knicks. Well, that's yeah, the thing, so. right? Like, I'm hoping that because we've for the past, I don't know, a few Christmas, we've had teams that like the Knicks, for example, or the Lakers, who were kind of out of it at that mm. point a little bit. Like, not actually real competitive games in a sense, right. a couple of them, but hopefully, like the Pelicans seem to be progressing to be like a good team on paper. Yeah, yeah, it should be solid. Pretty solid Christmas time. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just hoping that, like, as a Raptors fan, I'm just hoping that you know Zion gets off to a real slow start. You Mm. know what I mean? (laughs) Sees like real NBA athletes and not like teenagers for the first time and can't dunk on everybody. Yeah, hopefully it's a replay of summer league because I was like, yo, that guy. He been eating too many bananas and hush puppies. I'm just hoping the Raptors (laughs) still like a fridge over. Yeah. From like for that the first game. he opened maybe too many times before the season started. Yeah. I feel like Norman Powell's gonna be sloppy. Gasol might be sloppy. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, these guys enjoy yeah. their offseason. They'll take that first game and, and and Zion's gonna be coming in hot. Well, I like Gasol. He's playing for Spain this year. I think I saw. Yeah, him he at is. Their he is. Stuff. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't know if we have any other international guys playing, but. Chris Boucher, baby. Or, oh, Boucher, Chris Boucher, yeah, that's right. Boucher Larry, Larry said, Larry's he's Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If he recovers in time. Right, yeah, right. right. Do you think, uh, before we got into the Christmas Day game, do you think the Raptors should, or in your opinion, fl- uh, try to trade these these assets, like 
Gasol, not Asis, but like Gasol or, or Ibaka on expiring contracts. And Lowry, what do you think this should stand pack, run with his team, and try to try to do a Lowry set and run it back? I don't think I'll be too angry either way. I think if the team's like 500 mm-hmm. at like January 1st, mm-hmm. you might look at it like, all right, let's move these guys. You know what I mean? But if the team is like, I don't know, like 10, 15 games over 500, then you're like, eh, you know, you can kind of go either way. Because, like, man, you, you trade these guys, you're not going to get that much back from them. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like people are like dying to give you like four first round picks yeah. for like Marcus Gasol. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, like we kind of, I think Gasol's value is probably going to be similar. Like if you look at what the Raptors traded to get Gasol, you got, uh, you know, a decent starter in JV uh, who was on an expiring contract. You knew you are going to have to extend him, mm. which the Grizzlies did. And then you got DeLon who was like, eh, as a prospect, and they didn't even resign him. And then like Bruno who's like just a complete throw-in, right? Mm, so yeah. you're not going to get that much value for him. I don't know how much value you get for Surge necessarily. I can see Surge being a little bit more appealing just because he's kind of more like plug and play. I feel like right. it's real easy to accommodate Surge yeah, in the middle yeah. of the season. And like maybe you move Kyle in the middle of the season. I don't really know, but I think it depends on where the Raptors are yeah. in the middle of the season. And I think that's why it's good that you got all these significant games. Like the, the two biggest games, obviously Christmas and when Kawhi comes back. Right. And Kawhi comes back December 11th. Yeah. So. You know, trades usually don't happen until basically January 15th. That's when, like, all the players in the league that I just signed are available to, like, fully get traded and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, all the big games, you're going to have all your big guys. Right. So, you know, that's at least something to be looking forward to. I can see a world where they push moving these guys back maybe a, another year or maybe just if they lose them in free agency or whatever because at least mm-hmm. you still have veteran guys who are still – pretty good like Gasol I don't think he's gonna fall off a cliff next year maybe yeah, he already can't jump so right <laughs> fair enough um, but he's still very smart and he still has a lot of aspects that can help a winning team right and yeah you give him maybe one year deals at least you have that flexibility for 2021 where all the big fish are supposed to be coming back right so then you can make more decisions then right that's kind of what I'm hoping anyway because I don't want to see them just kind of go right back into the the doldrums of the NBA, like yeah, me neither. At least with Masai, you know, you have him like that. He's your safety blanket. Yeah, right to to make the right moves to keep them competitive. Uh, Christmas Day, how you guys feel though? Were you happy about it? Do you think like uh, it's a bit too late, or especially for you, like no, do you want to be working on Christmas? I mean, I, I I've been working on Christmas, man, because <laughs> at the score I was always covering like you know the Christmas Day slate. It was uh, actually yeah. kind of fun to be honest, because you just tell your family like look. I'll see you in the evening. But <laughs> I'm gonna watch basketball like for literally the full full day. Right. Um, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. They just put the Raptors in the spotlight. I think that's generally good. And yeah. Plus, like I'm kind of looking forward to like playing the Celtics team that doesn't look that good. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it too. I, I don't mind. worry about Kemba coming back into Toronto on Christmas Day. He's the one guy that yeah. Or one of the few guys the that killer. really go yeah. at the Raptors. Yo, I was gonna say yeah. he hit that. He did. You guys remember that game? Like probably 2015. He hit like a step back jumper. At the ACC around mm-hmm. Christmas time, yeah. oh, I think over Demar or whatever, and it was like a ninety-three, ninety-two win, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been doing that pretty much ever since, since he's UConn. been in the league. <laughs> yeah, like UConn, that tournament, the game winner, the step back, so quick. Yeah, man. that one is still nasty. You can watch that when you're having a bad day on repeat. So what do you, yeah, <laughs> what do you think Boston would fall in the Eastern Conference? I mean, it depends on uh, 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 like if they get you know a big man to be honest. Because I think even if their young guys pop, like if Jason Tatum like actually turns out to be better than just like a Tobias Harris clone or like Jason uh, like Jalen Brown, you know, actually something. Um, like that could be interesting. But like, look at their big man, man. It's like Enos Cantor and I forget who's the other guy they signed. Daniel but, like, Tice. Daniel Tice. Yeah. So like, you know, like you're, if you can't defend, you're not going to be that good of a team, no matter how right. good you are, right? And it's not like these guys—they have like an explosive score necessarily. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of Kemba, so I don't know. I don't think they're actually that good, but I mean, they're kind of like one trade away. I feel like a couple of teams this year are like one trade away because there's so much parity. Right. So I feel like that almost sort of encourages more trading and stuff. So that's the thing with Boston—they're always that one trade away, but they never pull the trigger. Danny never oh, yeah. pulls it. He yeah. just keeps the assets. Yeah. Anyways, missed out on these opportunities. Uh, <laughs> just to close up on the Raptors, what would be a successful year for them going into this season for to you? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's for once. I don't think like Raptors' success is measured on what they do in the playoffs. Mm. I think it's really just about like what kind of development you get out of your main guys, right? Like if OG turns out to be like even a steady three and D guy, like a Trevor Ariza type, that's mm. a that's a big win, mm-hmm. right? right? Considering he was picked like what twenty third. 
And like if OG, if uh, Pascal can take on a bigger role on the offense, and like it's it's not it's a huge jump I think to be the number one guy sure. with his skill set. Because if you got to always go to the rim and you're number one guy, and people are doubling teaming you and stuff like that, it's hard to stay efficient. It's hard to stay healthy. It's, you know what I mean? So we'll see if that can happen. If he can do that, then that's amazing. Yeah. And then whatever else you get from the rest of the guys, Fred, you know, Norm. If, if these guys take a step forward, that's that's a win. I mean, it doesn't really matter how far they go in the playoffs. To me, it's, like, it's kind of like you're playing with house money at this point. Yeah, right? Yeah. You already got the championship. You know you're not going to win the championship right. this year. So, you know, you kind of roll with it. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Like, really, I think, like, ultimately, it's just about development and what they're going to get out of the low kind of the low risk high reward guys that you know stanley johnson and ronde yeah. and then og like and norm as well like all those guys i think if one of them can kind of pop as just like a consistent option yeah. then that's going to just benefit the future of the team moving forward whether it's they use them for a trade piece later down the road or if they just keep them on the roster as a healthy part of the team yeah yeah Pascal's a way yeah, and I agree 100% it's all about growth and Pascal's a guy I'm definitely keeping my eyes on just to see how he's going to handle defense in the half court set he's going to get the more double teams probably more triple teams because you know, he has some quiet there so to see him in those situations how he reacts to them yeah. that's the one thing I'm definitely looking forward to and then obviously OG yeah. can you get OG and Pascal to, to ball out with it? their defense their athleticism their their youth like the Raptors could really build off of that yeah um, yesterday so yesterday uh, was Hoop Talks Live yesterday were you at that? Uh, that was that's correct. I was there. Okay. Tell so tell our listeners a bit about Hoops Talk Live. I've seen them before. I, I know you've been to a couple of them. Mm. Um, just for those who don't know, uh, it's a big ego boost. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I mean aside from stroking the ego, I, it, it's I think it's cool. Like first off, so to, to describe the event, it's sort of like um, you know, it's just we get together at a bar. So it's, it's it's been at the Rivoli a couple times, and okay. you know, recently it's sort of that bigger guest. So they went to the rec room down mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, probably about a hundred, maybe one hundred fifty people show up. Okay, um, and you just got panels of you know reporters, and recently they've gotten a couple of great guests. Like they got Danny Green to come on the Hoop Talks that was I think uh, July, end of July. Okay, um, and then this past one that we did yesterday, we got uh, you know Nick Nurse and also Glenn Grunwald, who's uh, you know part of Canada Basketball, and also Rowan Barrett, who's you know also running Canada Basketball. So. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, you know, it's, it's just great to hear from everybody. But I honestly think the best part of the night is really just like you get to like interact with a lot of Raptors fans, like outside of games right. and like things like that. There's not like one gathering spot for Raptors fans, so I feel like when you put on these events, it's just nice to get to know people and stuff like that. For sure. Um, and so you mentioned Nick Nurse and Glenn Grawald and Rowan Barrett. Um, I want to talk about Canadian basketball a little bit because most notably you had SGA. Uh, withdraw from the team he's joined Jamal Murray who has an ankle injury Rowan Barrett Jr. also has um, a bit of a calf injury so guys are dropping like flies like not only on the Canadian team but it's also been on the U.S. team as well mm-hmm. um, and CJ McCollum uh, he came out with his uh, interview I think it was on the Woj pod and he was talking a bit about why players are dropping out or maybe his perspective about it one thing he offered that I didn't really think about was that um, I guess like workload I didn't think that players thought about workload on national teams in the sense that if star players are dropping out, it's more of a workload for them, and that disrupts maybe their summer and getting ready for the NBA season. So do you think that there's a particular reason why Canadian players, the top-tier players in, in, in particular, don't play for the national team? Or is this more of just, like, myth, so to speak? Or is there a particular reason, do you think, that this is happening? I actually asked Ron about this yesterday. Okay. And he gave a lot. He, he cited a couple of reasons. So first off, like, you can't look at all the guys in one group. You know For what sure. I mean? Like, everyone's got their own reasoning. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you look at guy like, people are like, oh, well, Grizzlies fans were asking me, like, yo, why is Dylan Brooks out? And I was like, I saw him at practice. Like, he's in a walking boot. Like, he's, okay. he's injured. He can't yeah, play. Yeah. Right? And, like, RJ's actually injured. He's got, like, a calf strain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's out. Right. right? And then a guy like Jamal Murray, he says his ankle's hurt. I, eh, I don't know. Maybe. When I saw a tweak, I was like, yeah, a tweak? A tweak. Like, I do that getting out of bed. Yeah, I still got time for the first <laughs> game, right? Yeah, because I was like, because he, he talked to reporters and we were like, so, uh, you know, Jamal, you're, you're, what's, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, my, I tweaked my ankle, so I just want to make sure I'm right. It's like, how'd you tweak your ankle? I was like, I was just playing basketball, you know, a couple of days ago, and I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. And then you see him walking around and shooting, and I'm like, what's going on? Right, right, But, right. you know, whatever. I, at least he's still, like, around the team sort of yeah, spending time. Jamal's, Jamal's cool. Like, remember he he had that great, um, what was it, Pan American Games, 2015? Yes. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. He was amazing. He was. he was like, as an 18-year-old, he was amazing, but... I think so. Yeah, Rowan has talked about a, he, when I asked him about this. He, he he talked about a lot of things. He's like, you know, you look at in terms of just like 
obviously family, health, you know, the money's not the same. Sometimes it's hard to get insurance for these players. Okay. That's a big cost mm-hmm. for Canada basketball, which, like, they just are not necessarily a well-funded program. Right. Right? It's unfortunate. We should have more funding for them. But, like, as it currently stands, it's tough. Sometimes these games aren't even televised. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not that easy to just be like, yo, go out there and play for your country when there's, like, not that much else in it for you. All right. So there's, like, legit, legitimate risk, essentially, for some yeah, of these guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly, okay. right? So... I think um, that's a big issue. I think this year, the, one of the issues that no one's kind of talking about as much is, like, you have to make a six-week commitment, basically, to this program. Because right. you look at Canada Basel, it's, it's already started right now, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to go to camp right now. Mm-hmm. Today is August 6th, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the tournament itself doesn't even start until, like, September. Okay. Right. So that's a whole that's month. A big yeah. commitment. Yeah. Right? You, got, you play here in Canada, or for a Canadian team, you play here in Toronto, you play in Winnipeg later this week, then you go to Australia. Yep. Right, you're there for like two weeks, and then you fly to China, and you're there for like another like two, three weeks. So right. like that's a long time. Right. That's most of your. That's a lot of your off season. And the season starts in a month after that. And you're not getting paid for this. Right. And I saw you had a tweet that you wouldn't even go because it was like 45, 45 yes. degrees last yeah. year. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, one of the cities that, that in China that they're playing at, like right. in the summertime, I was there probably like end of July or whatever. It was okay. legitimately forty four degrees Celsius. Yeah. And it's like one of the like it like. It's just considered like one of the fire pots of China. Like there's okay. three cities that are like notoriously hot. Okay. And like that's one of the cities. So I'm thinking like, yo, I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's a nice city. I'll go in the wintertime, but summertime I'm not going. So there's a lot of reasons. Sure. Uh, it's disappointing for sure because I think there's a great chance to qualify for the Olympics. Yes. But I, I don't really like put the blame on any of these specific guys. Like when you put in all these factors together, like it just makes you appreciate more like who's actually going. Like when you look sure. at a guy like Corey Joseph or like, Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek. Like, yeah. these guys have been committed. Like, they go every single year, and they're just about it. You know what I mean? They're like, I value it in terms of, like, as a brotherhood, as an experience. Like, you know, if you can go on a trip realistically around the world with, with your guys, like, right. some players just look at it like that. Right. That's that, I think that's honestly why Corey and stuff go for it. So Yeah, and I think, like, general public, so to speak, they take a look at the U.S. team, and what may, they might take for granted is that, like, the B team are mostly like starting players for other yeah. franchises. Yeah. So we don't have that deep of a roster where, okay, well, Jamal and, you know, SJ are going to sit out. So we have now another top gear. I just ready to file in, right? And waiting for the opportunity. So I, I think know. that sucks. So I do feel like the, the Canadian team is missing out on a golden opportunity, like you alluded yeah. to just now, mm-hmm. to, to get a medal. Like yeah. if you look at the U.S., they just they, those players drop out, whatever. But you looked at the invitees that came to the Canadian team, like holy shit, it's a good team. Right. And all of a sudden, you start checking up. Okay, this guy like come, this guy come, like fuck. Right. If these guys actually showed up, yeah. What could the uh, not the Raptors? What could this, this Canadian basketball team have actually done? Even though they are in the group of death. Yeah. But with their full roster, with their full healthy top notch roster, I think they could have easily got at least top three. Yeah. Because even if you look at the team now, like they're very guard heavy. They have outstanding guards. Um, guys like Kazakin. Um, who I've seen like year after year at Crown League, like regardless if it's a sort of a summer league or not, like he balls out. He's played on 905 as well. And you said Chris Boucher is playing. Yeah. Um, I love how Chris Boucher is played when he's in the in the G in the G League. So like they have some guys who I don't think people should sleep on. You know what mm. I mean? And I, I don't know though. Like where do you think they will be all said and done at the end of this World Cup tournament? I mean, truthfully, I haven't actually studied like Fair necessarily enough. the path okay. of the tournament just yet. But I think if you just look at the talent, like one of the, well, two issues. I think one, like the team's really young, and like being young isn't necessarily a, a disadvantage. But I feel like every time I watch these tournaments, it's always like grown men and they're like strong as shit. Yeah. And like it's just when I watch the Canadian national team, I'm like, a lot of these dudes are like 22, 23. Like they yeah. just don't have like the the old man strength, right? right. So I feel like that's been an issue, especially because like if you're young, what you prefer to do is play an up like up tempo game. Yeah. And, you know, use your pace, use your energy, and like exhaust your opponent. That doesn't happen in FIBA, man. All they do is, like, stop the play with, like, intentional fouls and shit like that. Yeah. So it's, like, mostly half-court stuff. And so you kind of, like, if you're older and if you're stronger, like, there really is an advantage to, to sort of knowing what you're running and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, I don't really trust their, like, their wings. Right. Right. That's that's a big loss. Like, if you look at, like, who their wing options are, like, you're immediately going to, like, Melvin Edgem. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... Man, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate you're there, but like, it just doesn't jump off the page at you. Yeah, like, oh man, this guy's gonna give us a bucket when you need it. And right. who's like, who's the, who's the score? Like, you, you, like it's, you know what I mean? Like, okay, let's I think just, they don't have one. I think yeah. it's gonna be a sense where Nick Nurse is gonna have to use that offensive acumen and mm-hmm. kind of do a committee approach because they true. don't have a guy like Jamal Murray. I think they were hoping was gonna be that guy. 
Yeah, yeah, they don't even have like a main playmaker type. That's the thing. Yeah. Like Shea is not necessarily like an all-out scorer, even though he can score. But like Shea is a guy who like can just get other people good shots. And you look at this team, like Corey can. I mean, like you're looking mostly at Corey Joseph to do that for you for sure. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I'm I'm officially past the point of wanting Andrew Wiggins to play. Yeah. I don't think yeah, I want yeah, him to play anymore. Yeah, we don't need him. Sign off that guy. I'd rather not have a guy who's just comfortable basking in the sun in the summer and collecting a check in the <laughs> when the season honest, starts. If he was in the NBA, I'd be on the show. It wouldn't bother me one bit. Yeah. But, I mean, that's another circle yeah. of the day. Uh, all right, we have like 15 minutes left. You want to start off with Facts or Foolish? Yes. Yeah, so, as you know, we get into our Facts or Foolish segment. So, this is where we give you usually a topic in the NBA world. We discuss whether it's a fact or foolish and just pretty much respond that way. Um, Draymond Green signed a four-year, $100 million extension with the Golden State Warriors, locking up that core. Uh, so I'll ask you this, William. That contract is good value for Draymond Green. Fact or foolish? I think it's facts. Yes, I, I don't think his... Uh, the t- well, first off, I don't, I don't think necessarily it's about the money for him. I think it's sort of just about what's going to preserve his legacy, right? Right. Because the way I kind of look at him is like, like kind of like a Ben Wallace type, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, obviously, defense first, high intensity, you know, that you know the Michigan connection. But, like, guys like that, like, <laughs> man, they expire really quickly. Yeah. He's undersized. He's got to take a lot of – like, he's got to, you know, play – he's a sweat. He's literally 6'7". Like, yeah. during the yeah. finals, as I was walking up to him, I was like, this guy is short, man. Yeah. And he's got to, like, go up there against, like, <laughs> legit seven-footers all the time. So, that that's tough. And also, like, when these guys leave their situations and the, the franchises they, they have. Like, remember when, like, Ben Wallace went to the Chicago Bulls yeah, and then yeah. went to, like, the Cavs? Like, lesser man. Right. People were like, yo, who the hell is this? Yeah, what the hell yeah, are yeah. we paying for, right? Or, like, a Joakim Noah, same thing when he went to, like, you know, the Knicks or whatever. So, um, I think it's smart. I think Draymond should stay still. Like, you know, he, he, realistically, the best place for him to play is for guys like Clay and Steph where right. they're going to shoot the ball. He's going to just pass and play defense. Like, that's the perfect role for him. So, it's not even about the money, man. And it's the best place for his legacy, too. So, for sure. It's, yeah, it's a AJ. fact. The leg, I 100% piggyback on that. Legacy is uh, the bigger bigger thing here. Uh, the Warriors saved, like, what, $100 million? Mm-hmm. And I think Draymond being there, getting that guaranteed money, um, this makes more sense. Because yeah. if you look at guys that – Look like at DeMarcus Cousins, a teammate. Last year, I thought he was going to get the max contract. Now he's, what, signing? We don't even know he's signing with the Lakers. The minimum. Minimum, minimum right? Minimum. Yeah. I'm not saying Draymond's going gonna, gonna to sink that low, but you just never know in the NBA, right? So getting that $100 million contract, uh, preserving his legacy, he's going to get the statue. He's going to get the retired jersey. He's going to get all of that. <laughs> he can still compete for potential championships because right. you never know what they can get for D'Angelo Russell if you decide to flip him yeah. or if he even fits in. How can they, they could probably still compete, right? So right. staying put both both ways seem to make more sense to me. Yeah, I agree, and I agree in some, and I only I guess slightly disagree in the sense that I think it is a bit about the money because he was eligible for a supermax, and nobody's given him yeah, that. Nobody, supermax. nobody. Was. So I think he looked at it like, listen, this is the landscape for me, and this is my best opportunity to sort of cash out, if you will. Yeah. Um, but also, he gets to stay with the team that can maximize his talents the best. I can't see him on another team screaming and hollering at other players. <laughs> and nope. Or the coach. Going well, or the coach or uh, whoever. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, that culture, Draymond Green is so woven into it that he can get away with those things and nobody bats an eye. Right. Right? So, best that's the best move for him to stay with that team. Um, he's going to continue to be an all-star and all-NBA player as long as he's paired it with Clay and Steph. I'll be an all-star, I'll be honest with you. Well, was he an all-star last year? No. Nah. No, he well, wasn't. Seven that's right. Year. That's right. But so it was actually funny because he played like 25 pounds overweight until like the playoffs happened. Yeah, and yeah. then he like does what he always does. Draymond's a bit of a weird guy where he's like, he just like, you know, he, he'll kind of like just take it easy for a yeah. while. And then he'll like randomly lose 25 pounds and be like yeah. amazing again. I'm telling so. you, you just need a wife to yell at you to lose weight. That's what This is not a knock on Draymond, but he does seem kind of like a system player to me. Oh, definitely. And, yeah, right? yeah. and he's the best. That's the best system to be in for him. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. surrounded by shooters, like two of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to think that Draymond was their most important player. Um, after this playoff run, I think it, it was Clay. It's kind of been solidified as Clay, I think. That's the most important warrior? Yeah, I think so. Outside of Co- like Curry, to me. Curry to me makes the team go right, but yeah, definitely. Curry can't keep the team afloat without Clay's production. That's true. Like they, I think we're gonna win Game Six if Clay stayed on the court. Like he had thirty at the third quarter. Like they were playing really good. That's Game Six, Clay. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> See Game Seven. So yo, you know how stressed out we've all been for Game Seven. Oh yeah. Yo, cool. Raptors in cool. Game Seven <laughs> at home. Ah, oh my God. You're right. Stress in their pants, man. You know what I mean? So, um, but my point was that with Draymond, he. I just think that 
he needs them more so that you know they need him or the other way around in that sense like i, th- I really think he needs to be with those two guys yeah ultimately i would want to be with those yeah. two guys. <laughs> who would want to be with those two guys? right uh bc vince carter vince sanity signs a one-year vet minimum deal to return to the atlanta hawks facts are foolish the raptors should have signed bc for his final nba season yeah, look, man, it's it's different. For, it's different for me because like I wasn't on. I missed like peak, like I missed like peak Vince Sanity stuff like that. Okay. Like I wasn't like even in Canada for a lot of that. So and then I didn't start watching basketball until like basically his last year of the Raptors. Okay. So like I don't know. I mean, it's different for me to say, but like I'm cool with it. I'm good. Like the Raptors <laughs> just won a title. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like um, I, I think they'll s- sign Vince to like a one, a one day, day contract yeah. and yeah. let him retire as a Raptor and things like that. But like. I don't think there was a need for it, to be honest. Right. I honestly rather roll the dice and see, well, like, maybe there's something here with Stanley Johnson right. versus, like, let's let's get Vince in and sort of, like, because, like, yo, you get Vince, and then it's, like, there's distractions that come with yeah. it. You know what I mean? You take attention away. It's almost like when you sign Jeremy Lin. It's like, okay, you get Jeremy Lin. He's, a, he's supposed to be a decent bench player. You know what I mean? But, like, there's, a, like, the fan base. There's, yeah. a, like, the stands that come out. There's going to be Vince stands. People were like, oh, wow, Norm's not playing well. Let's maybe, you know, let's maybe start Vince. Yeah, right, there might right. be some dudes booing him, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that too, right? So, like, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I think his legacy in Toronto is set. I don't think him coming back mm. does anything for it. Yeah. yeah. So... Like what's what's really the point? It's not like the Raptors are desperate to sell tickets either. For so, sure. For sure. like I'm I'm just good. So yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, if Kawhi returned, I'd be I'd be an advocate for it because he'd have a legit chance. You to actually, every other fan. I think he'd have <laughs> Who a legit. Want Kawhi back? No, I'm not talking about Kawhi. I'm saying if Kawhi came back, I'd I'd be more of an advocate for Vince coming. Gotcha. Okay, because it'd be a goal, it'd be a good chance for him to get a ring. Right. right, and also sure, with Kawhi, sure. they're like you're not. Yo, but Vince could chase a ring, man. He, he could, but he, yeah, he could. but he always just wants to like I want to get minutes so I can score like seven points yeah. a game. That's what's gonna get him in the Hall of Fame. Well, like a bit of a I don't know, man. You don't think so? I think so. He I think, thinks I think, I think he's, he's already in the Hall of Fame. He's, yeah, in, he's in the Hall of Fame. That's right. He's yeah, in the Hall of Fame. What's he worried about? Yeah, I don't know. I think he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. He's in the uh, he's in the Hall of Fame off dunks alone. Yeah. A bit of a sidetrack though. You mentioned if he wanted to ring chase, he could do that. Yeah. In this NBA and this season coming up, like who's the ring chasing team that you join? The Clippers. For VC, well, it's not Atlanta. Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not Atlanta. Atlanta. I think he's gonna get bought on Atlanta. To be honest with you, I think he's gonna end up signing with the Raptors for the season's end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Get bought out like a ten day at the end of the season. Like that, yeah. I think he's gonna get a few games in a Raptors jersey yeah. before the season ends. Because my point is, like, looking at every team, like, I can't see the like. There's a there's probably a ha- there's a handful of teams that could win it this year, but I can't yeah. say for certain if he signs on that team, like. It's not like this is Golden State with KD. He's joining, right? Well, any team that's co- competing for a championship, he's not going to get minutes anyways. Like he's not going to play. Yeah, that's possible. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you look so, at his numbers, like it's like the numbers like are eighteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, the numbers aren't that bad for Vince. No, no, it's like not. when you look at it on paper, but then you remember, like Jeremy Lin also was not bad at all for Atlanta. Oh, that hurt. Jeremy you know Lin. what I mean? It's yeah. different when you're like a team like Atlanta where no one takes you seriously. Yeah, and you yeah. can just like calmly like knock down shots off the bench. Yeah. Like no one cares what happens in the second quarter against Atlanta. Right. And if he scores like eight points, that's eight points for him. Yeah. But, like, eight points is eight points, right? If you guys should go to a contender, Vince is not going to play. Yeah, exactly. So old. I feel like we've got to light a candle for Jeremy Lin. Yeah, we do, man. Yeah, Yo, that's my guy. I'm still, yeah, be my same. I was, me, me being a Knicks fan. Oh, yeah, that's right. The only joy I had in the last 20 years was that two-week run of Jeremy Lin. Yo. So he's forever uh, one of my favorite players because of that. Yeah. But you remember that run, though, like like every yeah. game. Oh, I was sure. at the game, the Toronto game. Uh, okay, so do you cheer? Out, uh, sorry? Do you cheer at the end? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I was fair. at City TV interviewing me and my sister outside the game. <laughs> I was so hyped, but I kept yelling out just because I was so no, hyped. No, no, he's a top five point guard right now. He's a top five <laughs> point guard. He was, he was averaging like 28 yeah. points share that run, yeah. right? And it's crazy how long ago that seems. Yeah. It's really not that long ago when you think about it. 2012. Holy crap, man. And you think about how far... Jeremy has fallen, and you think of how much like the Raptors have risen during right, that time. Yeah. It's crazy, you know what I mean? But I feel so bad. Like he can, ball. to me, he can ball. He can play. He just yeah. In, he got injured. He didn't get the the PT in the beginning of his career like he could have, like he should have. Yeah. I don't know. I just like I have a soft spot for that guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I hear you, man. And for sure, we all do. I want his jersey so bad, I just didn't get it. <laughs> no. get it that, that that price will never come down too. You know? No, exactly. Yeah, another, another Asian's gonna buy that and <laughs> like, over and over think, and over again. Do you think uh, there was a lot of him being Asian, him trying to live up to like the Yao Ming's and and, and just being. Just having the Asian community on, on his shoulders and trying to live up to so much. You think that played a role in why he feels like he's hit rock bottom? That he hasn't lived up to that and he's let like quote unquote his people down or whatever? I, I mean, I don't know I don't think he's necessarily let 
I don't think he thinks he's letting his people down, but I think that he feels a responsibility to represent. Because, like, mm-hmm. honestly, if we're going to speak honestly about this, like, I don't think if you walked up to the average American, like, you could ask them to name five Asian people, right. they might struggle. Right. Jeremy is probably going to be in the top five. Oh, It'll yeah. be like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Jet Li, yeah. Yao Ming, yeah. and like maybe Jeremy. Right. You know what right. I mean? The, but that Jeremy Lin's already making the top five. And Jeremy Lin is not like a spectacular. They might even name Sue Young before Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Yo, shout out Sue Young. Yo, what a reference. Yo, shout out Sue Young being one of the three. Yo, I saw I saw some meme the other day and it was a it was an Asian girl and she looked kind of thick. It was like, yo, damn, Sue Young got thick. Yo, yo. yo the, the, most, the hilarious most hilarious thing was when um remember when Pharrell showed up to I forgot I forgot what like uh what award show, but everyone was calling him Junto. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. Like, was it Met Gala or one of those? Yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. he looked just like Junto. Yeah. Like <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so I think, like, Jeremy, like, feels his responsibility, right? right and right, I feel right. like he feels the need to sort of carry it on. And I think he sort of, like, ran away from it early in his career. I think it's it was probably annoying for him. People mm-hmm. always ask him, like, you're good at basketball as an Asian. Like, every yeah, question yeah, yeah, was, right. like, blah, 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 as an Asian. And yeah, so, right. like, I think for him, he wanted to be like, yo, I'm just, like, a good basketball player. Yeah. Like, focus on that. But, like, now I think he kind of realizes that, like, he's kind of an ambassador for the community. And if he can't continue playing in the NBA – it's sort of an oppor- it's sort of an opportunity loss. It's not like there's another Jamie Lynn coming in to replace him. Right. You can hand off the torch to like whoever it is. Like there isn't. So right. yeah, I think for him it's just disappointing. Do you think he's well. signed? No. I think he just retires, goes plays overseas. Him and Melo are the casualties. Melo's gonna get signed. Melo's gonna get signed. Yeah, I'm not gonna be I don't want okay, I don't wanna be too mean about this, but like <laughs> Uh, during the playoffs was like the first time I actually go to the games like super early like three hours early and stuff and like if you go early enough you'll see like the third string guys like work out really hard because they're not going to play right right so they need to keep their fitness up somehow and they got to get their reps so like they play like basically one on one right you know what I mean and so it's like a four way one on one it's like the third string guys like Malcolm Miller Jordan Lloyd yeah Eric Moreland and Jeremy Lin (laughs) and Jeremy is not cooking these guys at all yeah, $60 million man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. talking about, like, Jeremy's at best even with the rest of those guys. Yeah. Right. And that's tough. I mean, whatever. It's a one-on-one drill. Oh, not tough. all players are one-on-one players. Yeah. But if you're a point guard yeah. and you're not yeah. winning one-on-one drills yeah. against those guys, like, you know, it's just oh, tough. So, I don't yeah. know, man. All right, well, Will, I know you got to go. You're a busy guy. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate yes, this definitely. so much. Um, just give the people, let them know where they can find you, where they can read you, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, check out my work at Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, I do a podcast over there, Raptors over everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, mostly you'll find everything on Twitter. So uh, follow me at William underscore Lou. You're not on IG, right? No. I've given enough of myself. Fair <laughs> that's enough. It, that's it. You got Fair Twitter enough. and you got a podcast. That's, yeah, that's a lot that's of my enough. time anyway. Fair enough. Cool, but yeah, I really appreciate it. And as always, you can subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Follow us on IG. And until next week, we'll hit you guys. Hit y'all back. Peace. Peace. It's over. You ready to make it? It's over now. What's this at club? It's my turn now. It's over. The game's shut down. Suckers. Sorry.